This week's reading for the third Sunday of Lent comes out of Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for the fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, folks, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Many, many years ago, I was quite small. I was probably five, six years old. And I was a very curious little individual. And I did something where I learned a hard, painful lesson. All curiosity-based, I had no evil intent. I had nothing bad in mind, but this happened. I took one of those little metal hair clips, you know, the kind that bend and they pinch through your hair to kind of hold it down. And I found myself wondering what would happen if I took that little metal hair clip and stuck it into a light socket. You can see where this is, is going. At least you can probably tell where it is going. I stuck that metal piece into the socket. The current that was flowing there, of course, arced and sparked and gave me a nice little burn on the end of my thumb. Could have been a lot worse, but still, it was scary. Now, in my head, in my memory, I remember this as it somehow imprinting on my thumb and the spark that, was, that emanated from this situation chased me through the house before finally hitting my thumb and leaving the burn mark. Now, that's probably the exaggeration of a young mind. That probably didn't happen, but this event of me sticking the hair barrette in, it certainly did. This was the epitome of the idea of doing something wrong and suffering the consequences. When I think about that, I think about a phrase that gets thrown around a lot these days. Now, folks, I'm going to edit this for television ever so slightly. The actual phrase is a little bit more grown up. You can probably fill it in yourself, but it's mess around and find out. This idea of if you're going to do something foolish, if you're going to do something stupid, if you're going to do something ill-advised, there's going to be consequences. So do it and find out what happens. That mentality, which is course, of course is still very prevalent these days, I think we hear about it a lot, it's nothing new. And I can't help but think, based on what we have just read out of our scripture for today, that this is an idea that was prevalent in Jesus' time as well, some 2,000 odd years ago. And in fact, it was. We have this oddball situation 
where Jesus is in the midst of his ministry. It's ongoing. Now, yes, he is on his way towards Jerusalem. We've been talking about that for several weeks now, especially as we move here through the season of Lent. His face is turned in that direction. He knows where this is going. He knows where he is headed. But as he is moving in that direction, he is still teaching. He is still preaching. He is still interacting with people. He is still performing miracles. All of the ministry is continuing. It's just in a specific direction. And in the midst of this, some individuals come up to him and they present him with this situation. Now, we actually hear about two different tragic situations in this brief encounter today, and we don't really know a whole lot about them. History doesn't reveal a whole lot beyond kind of this little insinuation that we get, but it's this idea that something bad happened to people because they deserved it. Mess around and find out. Do something ill-advised and suffer the consequences. That seems to be the mentality. Now, this is not the only time something like this pops up. This may sound familiar. If you happen to be at our Wednesday night, just here a couple of days ago as I'm recording this, or if you happen to catch the, the video that, that I placed online for my congregation from, the, from this past Wednesday night, maybe you remember a story in which something like this very similar happens. Out of John's gospel, we hear a time when Jesus and the disciples encounter a man who was born blind. He was simply born that way. That was just his reality. And his disciples, the very ones who really should know better, ask Jesus, hey, Lord, um, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? And I can only imagine the face palm that Jesus threw up when he says, he says, no one sinned. That's not why this happened. That is not why this is. Sometimes life just happens like that. And it seems that that same mentality, which apparently permeated their religious understanding, if we want to make that leap, and I think we probably could, it seems to be present here as well. When these individuals, they come up and, and they tell Jesus about this group of Galileans, these, these people from the northern part of the Holy Land who had this terrible thing happen to them. Again, we don't know a whole lot about this beyond the fact that history has shown us that the Roman governor known as Pontius Pilate seemed to be a pretty cruel individual, that he would oftentimes do stuff that was just mean and horrible and nasty, and that seems to be the case here. This group of Galileans is in the temple, and they are offering their sacrifices, which was part of their religious understanding, their religious practice, their faith practice at the time. And for whatever reason, Pilate has these individuals killed. And not only that, he then has their blood mixed in with the blood of their sacrifices. Now, this would have been a sacrilege to their their sacrifices themselves. This would have desecrated the temple itself. And not only that, it was a horrible thing, a horrible way to die, a horrible thing to happen. And the implication seems to be they must have been bad people to have such a horrible thing happen to them. And Jesus is like, do you think out of all the Galileans, they were the sinful ones and that's why this happened? No, that's not why this happened. Then they reference, or Jesus, in response to that, he references another situation that seems to point in the same direction. When the Tower of Siloam fell in Jerusalem, now, again, we don't know a whole lot about this other than it must have been a tall structure in the city of Jerusalem, and something happened to make it fall over. We don't know what, but in this tragic event of this tower falling over, 18 people were caught in the, in, in, in the 
the accident or caught in the, the crash of the tower and they were killed. And Jesus says, do you think out of all the people who lived in Jerusalem, they were the sinful ones and that's why they were there? Do you think it was a situation where they earned it, where it was the result of, of their actions or their sinfulness that they happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? No. And then Jesus points out this idea that life doesn't work like that. That it's not like there's some giant scoreboard and if your actions take you far enough in the you're bad column, that something horribly tragic is going to happen to you. That's not the way life works. And Jesus seems to realize that. He seems to recognize that. That life, good as it can be, is also incredibly random, is incredibly out of our control, and sometimes good things happen, and sometimes bad things happen, and sometimes it seems like maybe there's a correlation, like karma is real, and we reap what we sow, and if we live by the sword, we die by the sword, and if we don't, if we live peacefully, we're going to continue to live peacefully. All of these ideas, or all of these these, these different platitudes, whatever we want to say, sometimes it seems like they apply and sometimes it doesn't because life in this world is just so random. I think we see that in our lives today, don't we? That sometimes maybe it feels like there's truth in all those statements and sometimes it doesn't. But what Jesus seems to be pointing out in all of this is the recognition that life is random and that death is a part of it. Unless you repent, you will die as they did. He says that in both cases. Two times he says that. Well, maybe that leaves us scratching our head just a little bit because it seems like he says, well, unless you repent, unless you realize you're, you're a broken sinner and repent of it, you're going to die. But here's the deal. Death is a part of life. Death is a part of this reality, regardless of if we are a quote-unquote good person or a quote-unquote bad person. And sometimes incredibly horrible, tragic things happen to seemingly really good people. And sometimes really good things happen to seemingly really bad people and an entire mixture on both sides of the coin. So what is Jesus saying here? Unless we repent. Well, I can't help but think that Jesus is talking over and over and over again, not just here, but throughout the course of his ministry, he's constantly telling us, repent, turn away from the broken aspects of life that are a part of all of us and turn back to the good which is intended by God. Live your life claimed by God as beloved child, because you know what? That's a reality for every single one of us. Live your life in a way, because the promise that is inherent with that, the promise that somehow becomes real in the claim of God upon each one of us through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, makes it possible for us to live our lives in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of all of this randomness, to live our lives in a way that reflects the gratitude and joy that's inherent in knowing that God has claimed us. And that that claim overcomes everything, even death. Now here's the deal, folks. If you have ever been to a funeral that I have led, you've heard me say this, and it's certainly possible you've heard me say it in a video because I tend to talk about it a lot. The reality of this world is from the moment every single one of us comes into this world kicking and screaming, we owe one death. 
It is a part of our existence. It is a part of our reality. But the promise is, the promise of God through that claim upon you as beloved child is that not even death will stand in the way of that claim and God ultimately being with you. That never changes. And that is the hope that we hold on to in the midst of the turmoil of this life. We live our lives in a way that reflects that. And maybe, just maybe, living our lives in that reality, living out that reality, living out that hope is how we begin to bear fruit. And maybe that's what Jesus is talking about with that strange parable that we also read today about this fig tree, about how the powers that be, or the owner, comes looking for fruit finds none and wants to just cut it down because, oh, that's not worthwhile. It's not producing anything. It's not earning anything. There's no reason for it to be here. But maybe we are the fig tree that needs to be tended by the one who made us and claims us in the first place. And maybe that's what it means to bear fruit. And the one who tends us is the one who also claims us. It's a strange parable on top of a strange teaching that reveals a truth. This world, this life that we live, it's not a big scoreboard. It's not some big thing that, where karma is working against us. And it's not a situation where we have to earn anything or we have to mess around and find out what happens. Life is random, folks. There's no way we can get around that. But the promise of the one who claims us is that we are never left alone in it. Never, never, never. And that claim is true for you in this moment and in every moment to come.